0: This is Mike Riccioni. I'm a producer of Bloodsport 2, and I also, um, you know, on the set, we didn't have a real director, although a guy got a credit for it, and I actually was the guy that directed Bloodsport 2 the most. I'm leaving Justin Ray Harvey to answer any questions he wants, and I'll give him a little bit of the backstory.
1: Absolutely, Mike, and um, I'd like to say um, this is a dream come true for me, and uh and welcome to the
0: show. yeah, well, I'm I'm glad that you know I'm I'm honored that you asked me to uh, give you a little bit of the backstory. Um, what's your favorite movie of all time and favorite like franchise in a way? Uh, so go on, my friend. I, I, absolutely, because I, I do
1: want to comment that uh, Bloodsport is my favorite film and has been since I was three years old. And um, for the sequel. I didn't think it was a bad sequel at all. I, I really didn't. I mean, yeah, I was, you know, I will admit, I was disappointed with, you know, the fact that it didn't continue with Dukes' story, but I can I can let you explain that later on in the show. But um, my first question is to start up this interview, Mike, is how did you come about to, you know, do this project?
0: Well, after I saw Bloodsport 1, I, I was a lot like you. I mean, I was like, wow, this is like probably the third karate movie that's ever mattered in history. You know, uh, Billy Jack, I think really put karate kinda where people go, wow, can people actually do that? And of course the Bruce Lee story. And then Frank Dukes, accomplished that in Bloodsport. So I was like, Wow, I wanna go meet this guy because I want to do his next story, Bloodsport too. In fact I walked in his office, shook his hand, introduced myself to him and said, I'm I'm gonna do Bloodsport too and he goes, Well, um the rights are stuff were being disputed and at the mm-hmm. same time John Claude Van Damme was uh... Uh, you know i would say the right word is dragging everybody along a process pretending like he was gonna um lend his name to it but what he actually did is he ended up going out and filming the quest in thailand at the same time we were doing bloodsport 2 knowing he lost the title to bloodsport 2 and since bloodsport really is the story of Frank Dukes, obviously he's the only one that had rights to his story, but we had rights to the title. And we did the best film we could. There was very limited funds. In fact, the guy that financed it was, you know, left us out in Thailand with very little money all the time. So um, that that was like the backstory, how I started producing it, helped in the directing, helped in every part of the production. In fact, there's only... A couple people that did everything on the production, and one of them was me. Wow! And um, where
1: where did all the filming and stuff take place?
0: We filmed Bloodsport two in Thailand, and by the way, I I agree with you that I'm disappointed it didn't continue with uh, Frank Dukes in it. And me and Frank over, you know, a long period of time, probably the past twenty five years on different. Different times want to revisit that story and update his own personal story. Oh,
1: oh, absolutely! Because I don't know if you know this, Mike, but there are a lot of um, rumors and speculations that um, somebody wants to uh, do a remake of Bloodsport. But I think the problem that uh, the problem is um, I think that there's a um, agreement with uh, Duke's lawsuit, stating that you know they can use the title, but in order to do a a real remake, they have to
0: use his character and his story. So, right, I wasn't I wasn't aware of the rumor, but they could do anything they want. But I know Frank's eventually going to tell. The whole story, including that part of his life, with the continued part of his life, which I thought would be a much better story. And right now, Mm -hmm. I'm doing a documentary about that called uh, The Secret Weapon. And as you know, Frank also had a guy doing something called Put Your Dukes Up. So there's a lot going on in Frank's life about people feeling right now is probably the right time to do another karate movie. No,
1: oh, uh, absolutely. And uh, Mike, I would like to say if if you need any help with the documentary, as far as um, good stories, my my story with Dukes is just awesome. I mean, it's amazing. So if you ever need need my assistance or my input,
0: I would be happy to accommodate. Okay, well, good. Well, that's got nice to know, and I'm sure we will, and uh, we'll keep each other updated on that.
1: Oh, oh absolutely. Um, now well, let's let's talk a little bit about casting. Uh, one of the first things I want to mention to you is I'm really glad that you are at least able to get um, one actor that was
0: previously in Bloodsport, Donald Gibb yes and 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 he was he was a pleasure to work with. He's an extremely nice guy, and I work with him on other films afterwards and each case you know I would consider don Gibb a good movie guy y- you've seen him on his national commercial mm-hmm. and uh he was he was i, I thought he was real good in Bloodsport too and uh um like like you said, I'm glad we got him too. And there's other good actors in our movie. I mean Pat Moretta, who you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: um did, did the karate kid I thought played a real nice role and James Hong who's probably done over four hundred movies including including um with Jack Nicholson and, you know, all kinds of other stuff. And um you know so so with the limited resources we have had to make that movie. There was an extreme profit on the name, although I think they ruined the franchise with uh, stories three and four. And you could make a good argument that even two was on the way to hurting the franchise because, like you pointed out, and rightfully so, it wasn't based on a Frank Duke story. Oh, I, I, absolutely. So, but
1: I, I did, I did like how there was different fighting styles and stuff and. And I even thought the music was good for the, for the film. I was surprised that there wasn't a soundtrack, you know. By by the way,
0: Frank saw it just last year for the first time I showed it to him because Uh he said it was probably too painful to ever look at because, you know, at that time he, he wrote for Frank Dukes a movie called, I mean for uh, Van Damme, the movie that turned out to be The Quest, but he was actually the writer of it and it was called Re, uh, the Return of the Dragon that mm-hmm. Frank wrote a script to, and Van Dam basically, according to, um, but virtually everybody's just stole the script, you know. Yeah,
1: um, because actually, I, I do have, I do have the quest, and you, and you can tell that a lot of ideas was taken from. From Bloodsport and from Frank, yeah, he was basically
0: trained. He was basically trained to do Bloodsport two by making the quest without having the title or having the name of Frank Dukes. Of course, the quest was the way that he started his demise. You know, it's 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 him going downhill after. If he would have stuck with the Bloodsport franchise and stuck with Frank, all their movies were successful. But that's (laughs) the way things happen. You know.
1: It, it, yeah, and it, it, it's like, um, you know, I, I see this new generation that you know that love blood sport but at the same time I would love to see I would love to see it done redone somehow if it's done right, you know. It's done right. Yeah, I mean, and by
0: the way, uh, every sport was low-budget movies that everybody made a, a lot of profit on, and mm-hmm. Frank could give even more insight because I think he'd be the first one to tell you that his hands were tied behind his back a lot, and, you know, that, that they barely barely touched the story. so I'm sure that's going to be done, and because it's a legendary um, movie with a legendary person, and you know, I think people got to stop questioning the legends. I mean, once there's a legend about somebody, it's like Bruce Lee. If you saw his movie, it showed him fight 15 mm-hmm. or 20 guys probably seven or eight times. And, you know, I mean, that could be real questionable if you wanted to get into questioning a legend because Bruce Lee was about 110 pounds. You know?
1: Exactly. You I've always said to this day Mike if it wasn't for Frank Dukes, there would be no blood sport and there would be no kickboxer.
0: And yeah, yeah, and that's a, and you're right. That's 100% true. You could even go further than that because he was involved in double impact. He was mm-hmm. involved in um it was called wrong bet, but I forget what the next title was where the, where the guy did street fighting and all of them were were based on stories Frank told to these guys that they end up shooting. And and if you look at the last thing Frank was involved with in Van Damme, you could look at the, probably there's a curse that went with Van Damme for not taking him with him, you know what I mean? Because his career went down at the same time.
1: Exactly. I, I, I totally agree. And, um, actually, um, to give my audience, um, something that they may not know, um, who was,
0: um who was all up for the part of Alex Cardell? Um, well, what happened when I came on, there's a, there's a guy that was financing it, which we found out later had very little finance. In fact, that would get financing during the actual filming, named Alan Maress, that had, um a guy that uh, Van Damme pretty much looked like uh... called daniel bernhardt and he had him attached to the movie when i got there you know mm-hmm. so I, I i'm not sure there ever was casting you know uh... other than um... he attached this guy to the movie the mm-hmm. guy was minimal at best as a martial artist although we had a guy named jerry pennington who's a world champion uh... karate guy that did the choreograph um... You know, so we made everybody in it look pretty good, and you know, like I said, again, with as real as you can with a limited budget.
1: And, and I, I, I gotta say, y'all did y'all did good with the cast of the bad guy demon. I thought I thought he was pretty good for the part, since y'all couldn't get Bolo Young.
0: Yeah, and in and fact, we called Bolo, and and Bolo, but Bolo knew that his name with that title meant a lot, and they weren't willing to pay, pay below, um what he wanted for mm-hmm. for that part. And we actually cast uh, the other guy, Why We Were in Thailand, and he was actually in the Bruce Lee Enter the Dragon movie. Oh, yeah,
1: that's, that's a classic film. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, I would
0: have
1: have loved to see Bruce Lee and Frank work together on something that would have been that would have been epic I think
0: yeah it would have been it would have been um, that could have very easily happened at the time you know
1: mm-hmm. absolutely so
0: um, but, but probably neither one of them knew how big their story would have actually been or they probably would have got together
1: yeah, because I, I don't think at the time that um, Frank really realized how big Bloodsport
0: was going to be. So. Yeah, and he was he was going through a lot of things where, you know, it's just like Bruce Lee, I'm sure, when he sat down and did his story that, you know, I mean, one of the main witnesses of the story was Bruce Lee.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. And Frank, it's like, the way, you know, if you look at your own life, and mm-hmm. I look back at my own life, the only person alive that has witnessed my whole life is my dad. Wow. So the older you get, and I'm, by the way, I've known my wife for all but eight years of my life. So the older you get, mm-hmm. the less witnesses you actually have to your life, especially on stuff as secretive as blood sports. But I, I can tell you this. I interviewed a lot of great martial artists in the, for the documentary, The Perfect Weapon, mm-hmm. and uh, people that stood absolutely nothing, that I, in fact, know were great martial artists, talked mm-hmm. about how good Frank was. And wow. I can't see, we we weren't paying them nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know why they would say that, unless it was true, because, like I said, they had nothing to gain by saying that. Wow. Uh,
1: that uh, that's amazing, and also um, uh, another brilliant mind that I wanted to give a shout out to is uh, David Worth. He he's a good friend of mine now too. Have, are you familiar with David Worth? No. No. Yeah, I mean, he Mike. He he is a brilliant mind. If you ever get the chance to work with David
0: Worth,
1: take it, my friend, because he's a brilliant mind. Okay,
0: I'll keep that in mind. Sure, so,
1: because uh, he he worked on uh, Bloodsport, and then he uh, worked on uh, Kickboxer. He was uh, the are direct, the director of Kickboxer. So, oh, good. Hey, how cool. So, yeah, I mean, to to me today, like I'm like a I'm like a little kid in a candy shop, you know, talking Bloodsport and martial arts, you know. So, this is. This is great. This is just awesome. Wow, great. So, um, um, is there anything that you can tell me about the film that maybe people don't know? About the film? Yeah,
0: about the film. Um... Well, like I said, we, we, what, they had a director, uh, they had a director attached to it,
1: Mm -hmm. but he
0: was a guy that did the Power Rangers, and I go, you can't do a Frank Dukes movie, which, I mean, you can't do Bloodsport, which is based on the raw, you know, I mean, it, it was based on karate terrorizing you, to doing one of these joke movies where they're jumping all around the ring on ropes, on the, you know what I mean, on strings and stuff? Yeah. I go, that that would just kill Bloodsport. That's the worst idea in the world and this guy that wants to do all that stuff, you're really making a big mistake. So I talked Alan Morez out of having this guy and I go, Why don't you direct it? you know? Because mm-hmm. if you have a good cinematography and, and you've cast it right, it's not, the the director is just keeping things in order, keeping things in line. I mean, you shouldn't be, and I've directed several movies, you don't have to really be to where you're telling anybody how to act. You can just give them certain hints. Like, one of the things, when when I could give you per- precisely, uh Don King got jumped by Demon in our movie. I mean, uh, Don... Uh, Don Gibb, yeah. Don Gibb got jumped by Demon in our movie. And Don said to me, like, How do you want me to play it? And I go, well, and actors will ask you that a lot. And I said, I think the best thing that if you really got beat up by somebody and you're a world-class fighter, I think you would be embarrassed. So Don played that embarrassed and all the direction to Demon. Demon would talk to me every time, like he actually had a fight with a girl. And and I Mm -hmm. told him the best way for him to act is not, like, you're fighting a girl. You wouldn't take it serious. You know, act like, you know, just do just do real strong moves and laugh at it, and you know, because it, it couldn't really be a serious fight with a girl, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: exactly. And uh, the two comments I want to make about the film as well before I forget is um, I, I think it was one of the amazing things I thought was amazing about the film was y'all actually had cast a woman to be in the commentator's time.
0: And I just thought that that was a genius idea. So. Yeah, and and I don't know if there was any part of that. You'd have to ask Frank, uh, because we had a script by um, uh, the same guy. And I, I'm sorry, because this stuff was so long ago. I mean, I actually shot this in 94 that, uh, <laughs> the, that wrote Bloodsport 1. And the girl was actually in it by him. I don't know if there's any truth to that. You'd have to ask Frank. I never even talked to him about that. To be honest with you,
1: I I will definitely, I will definitely have to ask Frank about that for sure, for sure. And um, also, there was uh, there was another thing I wanted to mention about the film, but it has slipped my mind at the moment. I hate when that happens. I I guess that means Mike, I'm, you know, I'm getting older. I guess.
0: So am I, so don't worry about it. We'll do the best we can.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, like I always say, we'll win it. You know. So. Yeah. So, but, uh, but it was like in the film was any? If you can remember, and if you can't, that's that's okay. But was any scenes cut or anything that you might want to keep in the film or? Well,
0: I I could t- I could tell you that. During the film that, um and this, uh, I have the right to my opinion, so, I mean, I can't be wrong for my opinion, is that mm-hmm. Daniel Bernhardt was getting hurt throughout the film, and, in fact, it hurt my relationship with him because I was trying to keep the p- film on schedule, and I basically told the people, look, this guy's a punk. We can't wait around not filming fight scenes better because he's hurt. Like, I mean, he would just say, I'm hurt in the middle of the production, like, Everybody could sit around and, it was bad enough, having very little money to shoot mm-hmm. the film and then mm-hmm. having um, an actor who was acting like he was hurt throughout the film. So I would say, actually, we did a lot in editing to protect him, but but we could have done a lot better fight scenes with him if he he if he wasn't like my leg hurts or my arm or you know what I mean, going yeah. through like mm-hmm. yeah yeah
1: and you know uh, my opinion is too man if you're if you're gonna do a martial arts film you should expect to do some
0: physical stuff you, yeah you know? you're gonna expect that you're gonna if you get injured you're gonna have to keep going because mm-hmm. the, you know like you can't have. 60 people waiting for one guy who doesn't think his legs perfect or whatever. You know, different different situations like that that hurt. And, and by the way, we can never escape what you first brought up, that if Frank Dukes and Van Damme would have stayed together and, and completed this franchise mm-hmm. and instead of Van Damme trying to run away with it by himself, that would have been a great franchise, in my opinion. Oh, oh, oh yeah, because... because...
1: Like we were discussing last night, in my opinion, the third, and especially the fourth one, is horrible out of the franchise. I mean, they just... Yeah, I
0: I, I agree with you. They're absolutely terrible. And you could argue, although I'm proud of the film we made, that the whole film, even number two, that the whole franchise went downhill when it didn't have... The two people that really made the franchise on board, you know, uh, Frank and Van Damme, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and that was,
0: uh, and to me, it would have been easy to get Frank on board because, uh, try paying him, you know, <laughs> and, and, uh, um, Van Damme, like, like, like it got to him to where as much as that title meant to his life, he wasn't willing to, work, willing to work under the constraints of a title. He thought he was bigger than the title, and the quest proved he wasn't. Because if he would have been involved with Bloodsport too, there's no doubt in my mind it would have been the biggest movie of his life. Uh, uh, I,
1: I, I, I absolutely, because I, I strongly believe that it could have been even better than the first one if, if you know, things were done correctly. You know. Oh yeah, because the Bang Bang first Bang one you could. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, they they could have done they could have done so much with the story, to continue it. They could
0: have done so much with it. So. Yeah, and, uh, by the way, I ran into all, 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 a lot of people on Art, and our movie went over and got jobs on Van Dam's movie, The Quest, because they're filming pretty close at the same time, mm-hmm. and Van Van Dam should have known, he goes, I love that title, please have it wait for me. What he's trying to do was get the owners of the title to wait to where he did a movie like it in front of it, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, because I I remember the whole lawsuit deal between him and Dukes and stuff with that, and I, I think that's what, you know, turned me a little bit bitter against Van Damme for a couple of years because I was like, how can he do this, you know,
0: you know. Well, it's like if you follow the eagles of Hollywood, it's pretty easy for people to,
1: you know, want to
0: have seized power and control over pitchers. That's what, that's what the whole business is about, is you're dealing with people that are very personal and, uh, you know, only under extremely good conditions are re- really willing to team up with people, you know. And mm-hmm. uh once you have a successful formula like they did, him and Frank, you know they you, it's almost like a good basketball or baseball team. You gotta decide that we have something working, why well, fix it, but Van Dam's ego, in fact, I know the lawyer that broke a bunch of his contracts that he had contracts with other people, and his ego got in the way of of keeping that franchise together where he made the class and thought that
1: you know it would
0: be it would be something it wasn't you know.
1: Oh, oh I, absolutely. It's it's like um, for years I've had this vision that I'm finally getting to do. It's like um, I've wanted to talk with people from, you know, Bloodsport and Kickboxer to get the backstories like I'm doing today because with the DVDs, you don't get a lot of extra features.
0: Yeah, the stuff they have today would have been interesting at that time. Um I could tell you I could tell you a couple things that happened is I actually had a um a studio uh of, um it was called Desert Road Center of the Arts and I invited Frank and his team to go put an exhibition out there. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he did was um he used to have a bit he did where you'd put fifteen or sixteen people on one side of a rope and he'd be on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I actually saw him fighting the people on the rope with one hand while he was talking to me. Wow. That that that's amazing and uh, I I I've had him personally, that. you know. So even if you go as far to say he had two hands on it,
1: they mm-hmm. had
0: two hands on a rope and how many people were on the other side? I mean, they couldn't pull him over. Wow. And I've also had him do like I'm eating with a fork? You know how forks are, mm-hmm. and then and he chopped them, and he broke the he t- chopped the top of the fork off. I go, how in the heck did you do that? And he goes, I go, I want to see that again. So, but he actually broke three or four forks in front of me, which it's kind of hard to imagine how you do that. Yeah, it, it, just look at a fork and think about breaking it in two with the with the karate chop, and I witnessed that. And, uh, you know, he, he sparred people that came into the gym blindfolded, uh, so that you, you know, it's, it's almost like if you have a personal relationship with somebody, um, there's certain stories that you, you personally know and there's not a darn thing you can do about them. And it doesn't matter who believes them. You saw them. It's like it's somebody that got a miracle from God. And had a mm-hmm. personal relationship with him. He could go. Well, I mean, I'm the only one that knows the story, but I know this is true. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, oh absolutely. I mean, it, it just amazes me these people online that you know discredit Frank and say this and that. But you, you, I've seen the evidence and I've seen proof that it did happen, and you know. Well, and, see,
0: I think I think that I think that as much as I think that's great. I think it's totally irrelevant to his story for the reason that I don't feel that anybody looked for the truth. And for, I mean, again, like I'll just say the Bruce Lee story, mm-hmm. uh, nobody looked as if that was true. And Tom, you know, the, the Billy Jack story, mm-hmm. and It's it's a legendary story. And to me, the fact that you did a legendary thing that, by the way, made the whole martial arts field. in each case, you know, all kinds of new studios popping up all over the place. So why why waste all your time searching for the truth on something when you could just say, I love this story and I was inspired by it, and I mean, it'd be like, trying to look at them like you can look at the movie American hustle, which just came out and say, Mm -hmm. which part of it was true and which isn't and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, captain Phillips and all these movies, we, we don't know if the the truth is on the film and I don't even think it's our job to figure out what the story is. If it brought inspiration to our life, why Mm -hmm. not just hold on to a legend and say, at least it's a legendary picture. At least Frank's a legendary figure why does he have to be more than Bruce Lee was legendary too? In other words, people hooked into his legend for reasons we'll never know or never be able to figure out, and that's, it's unimportant to me what mm-hmm. was true in the Bruce Lee story. You
1: know? I, I absolutely, and I wanted to make up a great point too, Mike, and I'll get your take on it too. Uh, a lot of people will, will debate this and disagree with this, but if it wasn't for blood sport. We would probably not have a UFC or MMA. I mean, where do you think it came from, you know?
0: Yeah, it's a clerks came from, it, 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 came out of the mind of Frank Dukes. Oh, I,
1: I, absolutely, but, you know, a lot of people want to dispute that, but. See, yeah. what
0: I've told Frank, and I've had several conversations on him, Frank's in his 60s. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and my, Muhammad Ali's 68, 69, 70, whatever he is. I don't think the fighters have to continue to... Pre- I mean, do you imagine t- choosing off Muhammad Ali?
1: Wow. Is Muhammad
0: yeah. Ali have to show he could box in his older age? I mean, I, I don't think it's... I don't think Frank having to show people anything mm-hmm. at his age is relevant or irrelevant anymore. What I think the best thing about the story is it became legendary, and mm-hmm. the legend's good enough. I mean... The people that want to talk about truth in movies and what did you hedge, what didn't you hedge. And maybe there's stuff more powerful that was never told, you know what I mean? Oh,
1: I, absolutely.
0: And if if a movie wasn't redone or something like I would at
1: least love to see some sort of blood sport reunion or gathering.
0: That would be great. Yeah, I think, I think that if the whole team could figure out how to get together and realize that it mattered when they were all together... And mm-hmm. nothing mattered after that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's something me and Frank uh, discussed and are trying to, you know... So we'll see if that happens sometime this year or sometime in the future, but it's definitely something that should happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Van Dam's career has gone far enough to where he doesn't matter to where that that particular film could make him matter again. Uh, oh, oh
1: I, absolutely. And... Uh, i wanted I wanted to share uh, share a comment that Frank told me when I first met him he said he actually said this to me like he said, you know more about blood sport than i do and i, I just laughed I was like, How is that even possible
0: <laughs> you know so well it's like it's like in a way um you know i mean you when you do a story. They almost anybody that studied the story would know more than you because you know you were just doing it to hook together the story at the beginning, middle, and end to where it flowed properly, mm-hmm. and uh you know where a fan would go, i love this word for word, and you start thinking were those the final words and stuff like that like like i like I tell you, there's a lot of it that I don't remember what I remember the most was get going to Thailand with very little money and and very little money to make a film. And if you talk to the guy that financed it, Alan Moretz, he, he probably wouldn't ever admit that. Wow. That to that, me... I mean, we had our equipment. The ties tied the equipment up at the airport to where we couldn't use any of the equipment we shipped in. They kind mm-hmm. of extorted us into using their equipment. I mean, there's all kinds of games and all kinds of behind-the-scenes. The The guy... I hated this guy I was working with named Mike Myers, who, you know, I, I can understand why he disliked him. But mm-hmm. it, it's really, you know, it's hard to make a good movie no matter what anybody thinks. And one one of the magics of making a good movie is a team that has chemistry together, even if they don't get along, which Frank and Van Damme obviously had or you couldn't have that great movie. Oh, I
1: absolutely know now the prison cells where Alex Cardo were was held was that actual prison
0: cells or? No, we made that. That was actually art scenes. You know, we made the prisons. Uh,
1: okay, because
0: I, I thought they're, like... they're underneath and 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 the outside where we had where we shot the outside prison was actually in a rice field in Thailand. Wow, that and where we made the prison cells was in a. Um, was actually in a um, building in Thailand. Wow!
1: Now, how how did y'all how were y'all able to acquire um, Pat Morita from the Karate Kid series? I thought that that was
0: genius, actually. Um, we called up, we uh, you know, we had you know when you're in movies, you have ways to get to almost anybody's agent. We called up his agent, and he was interested in doing it, and you know. Um we paid him a price, and he came out there, and he did a great job. He's really, I mean, if you watch some of the scenes where he was serious in, mm-hmm. I mean, there's one scene when he was describing how important the kumite was and how important the sword was, mm-hmm. that you could feel the power of Pat Morita, unlike a lot of things he's ever done in his life. I mean, I was like, he goes, you know, there's a life, there's a power, and the way he was pitching it. It gave me chills even watching it. You know.
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. Because I, I just—it gave me chills when he says, you know, um, you know, the sword is to be awarded to the greatest fighter on earth, and he says, uh, you know, find your previous partner and get the sword back, and that's your price for your freedom.
0: And I just actually, like, we filmed something that didn't make the film where he passed. Since I was the only guy in the beginning, middle, and end of the film. Mm-hmm. and Pat Moretta, we actually filmed him at the start of the film. We actually had a scene, thinking about what you said, where he passed the sword to me, and mm-hmm. I passed the sword to uh, Daniel. And mm-hmm. that wasn't putting put in the movie, because I felt it was irrelevant that, uh, you know, that I got the sword from Pat Moretta and, um, and passed it. By the way, I still have that sword. Well, really...
1: Yeah. That's amazing. And and I, I gotta say too, one of one of the small things that people might overlook about this film, I, I did like I did like how y'all put in there where Alex Cardo had to earn his had to earn his um invitation, but y'all kinda did it in a funny way. Y'all had a fighter that couldn't really couldn't really fight that well and Don Gibbs has you know, you want to keep your invitation, all you have to do is whip Alex. And, you know, he thinks he's big and bad, going we'll to whip Alex, and
0: he gets knocked out, and that's his invitation. <laughs> you know, that was the same guy that fought the girl later on and got beat up by him? Wow, really? Yeah, the guy, the guy that got punched out early in the movie came back dressed in makeup like a clown. Oh, so that. I
1: didn't even
0: know that.
1: That's something that I didn't even realize. Yeah. Wow. That's that's
0: amazing. Wow. And there's also, and I wish I could be better at thinking the name, but the black guy in the movie was so good and so fast, we had to film him. We had to slow him down, and we really wouldn't have saw him on film. His name was Hall, his last name. And I've always told that he thanked me several times for saying how good he was, but he was a tremendous martial artist. And the guy, one of the guys that fought Daniel, um, the the second to last fight, was the guy that ended up filling in for Brandon Lee on the crow when Brandon Lee died. He did all the remaining scenes because he was more or less a -a lookalike. Wow,
1: that's... That's amazing, and I, I, thought, I thought the part uh, where the one of the fighters lose and ends up almost getting
0: in a fight with Donald Gibb, I thought that that was genius, too. Yeah, yeah and another thing, another thing that happened that you might be interested in if you go look back at it mm-hmm. is there's two Thai guys that thought That was actually a Thai film. You'll be able to see it. two Thai kickboxers that actually just filmed them fighting oh yeah that
1: that that was amazing too
0: yeah yeah that was so that's kind of a little bit of the insight, other than there was such a heavy spirit over that film, I could tell you, And I think a lot of it had to do with um going back to your original thing, Frank and Van Dam not being involved that <laughs> really in my whole life, and I've filmed a lot of films and uh mm-hmm. in my whole life. I've never had a more miserable time filming a film because the money wasn't ready. We're in the middle of Thailand. We actually got thrown out of the country. (laughs) Wow, really? really? (laughs) Yeah, because I had personal friends over in Thailand that told us, you know, what the guy goes, you could use any powerful guy in Thailand. Uh, they, They picked us up at the airport. We didn't go through customs or nothing. And... He said one of the things he wanted for us, and he was giving us several locations, was um, an exotic bird. So this Alan Merez, when we left and came home, he goes, what is this guy talking about? I'm not buying him an exotic bird. (laughs) So when we got back to Thailand and we didn't have what we said we were going to I go, you know, you don't know the Thais. You can't not just say you're not going to give the guy what he wants and go (laughs) shoot in those countries, no problem. So he he decided that he'd be Alan Morrell the guy he was and we actually got the whole group of us kicked out and we we went to Singapore and had to reapply for passports and if you can imagine 40 people doing that and come back to Thailand wow that, that that that's
1: amazing I I just wanted to ask you this question because I'm I'm curious uh what do you think of the Ninja Turtles franchise cuz I do know that uh I think in June, uh, a remake is going to be is going to be coming out in June, and uh, I think Michael Bay is
0: the director. Oh, I think so. it'll I think it'll be great. You have a you have a good director in it. You have a good franchise for kids. You know, kids enjoy watching that, and God bless them. But, you know, let's let's hope for the best that it inspires a lot of young people, and you know, make make makes the youth interested and. Number one, you have to respect how dangerous with real good guys in karate, how karate is. That's mm-hmm. one of the reasons I didn't want the Power Ranger guy directing it. And and so you should have almost a reverence to the real guys that actually really know what they're doing and are really good. And, and uh, number two, you should mm-hmm. also leave a little room for somebody that will never be good at it, but it will improve his life by exercising and getting in shape, and and you know maybe maybe it'll help him protect himself the one time in his life he needed it. Oh, uh, I, I
1: absolutely. Now, do, doing bloodsport too. What was what was the most challenging or hardest thing to do? Do you think?
0: Yeah, like I said, the most challenging is the guy really came with very little money. You know, and mm-hmm. and. We were on the set literally with uh, 200 extras for the crowd that wanted to get paid every day, and this guy wasn't paying them. And you know, I mean, we could have really gotten a lot of trouble over in Thailand. So, and in the way, in that way, and a, a person almost dropped dead on the set because it was really hot. It was like um, I don't know, 110, and it was humid. It's, uh, you can't even imagine the humidity. And, you know, it was like grueling, grueling on the set. It was grueling hours, grueling everything. Um, Like I said, the guy that was supposed to direct the movie didn't even show up, and we directed in a way by committee. The guy, Mm -hmm. the funny thing was that Don Gipps said, you know, we should actually get Alan holding, um, you know, those things that go on the road that look like a microphone and, and at least act. Take a picture of him, so at least act like he's directing. Wow, that
1: yeah, like um, I forget what they call them, but they're like they're like cones, yeah, that's in the road, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, I mean, that was really challenging because you had a cinematographer too, who mm-hmm. um, you know, was pissed off because
1: we had a director
0: that never showed up, and like I said, I directed a lot of the movie, and I, and I actually Don Gibb, I asked him. What would, you, what haven't you done in show business? And he goes, I'd like to direct, uh, uh, I'd like to direct. And I go, why don't you direct tomorrow? And he goes, really? And I go, absolutely. So it's funny. He told the cameraman, like, I really need you to help me out because I'm going to direct. And the cameraman said, like, a, uh, you know, let's say you used uh, an FU on him, right? And uh-huh. Don Gipps strangled the guy out right in the restaurant. <laughs> That's a pretty funny thing to have on the <laughs> that's that's funny. I, I he literally be, choked yeah. his brains out because and by the way, we had two cameras on it. This will interest <laughs> you and that the one cameraman we used very few of his scenes and I won't say his name because uh mm-hmm. but we used very few of his scenes and he was supposed to be the A cameraman because he shot it to screw up the movie because he was so pissed off that he had a director not a director that didn't show up that he didn't have shot lists and if we wouldn't have two cameras on it, he would have wasted all the footage of the movie. Wow. No no That's how much he hated Alan. So there's a lot of hate wow. going on in that movie and I could tell you, I really will go back that you had a you had a franchise that really didn't want to go on without the two guys that made the franchise. There's all kinds of spiritual and stuff on the set that it was it was really the uh, I mean it made me hate films for a long time. I had trouble making a film after that for three or four years, you know? Wow wow, really? That wow. Uh,
1: that that's gonna be my next question, Mike. Um I was gonna have you tell my listeners uh you
0: know what you're
1: doing now since Bloodsport Two. So
0: um I worked a lot well, I'm doing, like I told you, The Secret Weapon, which is a documentary about Frank Dukes. I mm-hmm. also did a bunch of filming on AC Green, who's a Laker. It's a, um, a role player. And in fact, anybody could look up my resume on, uh, Goliath Film and Media mm-hmm. Holding dot com, you know, and you could look up and it'll say, you know, uh, they have my resume online as one of the, important people to their to their stock you know what i mean and it it says everything i've done i've done quite substantial amount of work you know oh oh, absolutely
1: um uh and i wanted to ask you this too what is your expectations for 2014 i mean because obviously you have accomplished a lot mike so. Well,
0: like uh, I do have expectations of working with Frank and finishing up the documentary we're doing, doing mm-hmm. a movie or two together with him mm-hmm. as a collaboration um mm-hmm. I also have a film I'm gonna do that's uh involved in the sex slave industry um mm-hmm. and I'm finishing up uh um a lot of stuff because uh uh, you know, I went through, like, you know, like you told me about your brother. I went through my mom's death and another person close to me with, um, that had a very bad, uh, thing that required surgery. And, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, we went through, we went through some stuff to where this year I'm ready to finish up. I, I have about five or six movies that need to be finished that'll be coming out this year. So those are what's kind of going on on my slate.
1: Well, do you think any of these films will hit the theaters
0: uh yeah i think all of them could have potential to go to the theater you know you know the thing about a film is is you actually have to be happy with the film and some of these i started three or four years ago and haven't put out because i'm just now becoming happy with them and i i think uh I think it correlates with my mom's death in 2010, kind of threw me off for a few years, even though I didn't know it, you know? Mm -hmm. It's the kind of thing that could happen subconsciously, and in in the meantime, I went through a situation where I saw somebody really lousy at something, you know, Mm -hmm. and I thought, Wow, I would never want to be considered lousy at what I do like that, and it's kind of inspired me and I grew because of that, you know, and now I'm really ready because i I know my callings to make films, you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i I know I'm good at it, and uh um you know as far as in the low budget area uh, you know it's really good at it in
1: in some ways, Mike I can relate because um you know um i have uh I have a disease called cerebral palsy and when when I couldn't do something other kids would do i would watch I would watch blood sport and kickboxer so and you know actually what's funny is um people used to make fun of me in school because I watch those films every day of my life, but to me it's part of my purpose because. Look at where I'm at
0: today. Right. And it's it's like, it's what inspired you, and everybody can go back. You know, if we were fair with our life, we could go back to the moments that inspired us and also the ones that might have um, led us to the wrong decisions, you know? oh, oh and, absolutely. The fact that, and I'm okay. glad that I'm, and that movie inspired me, too. It inspired me to mm-hmm. drive into town, meet Frank, introduce myself to him, and say, I want to be involved in the Bloodsport franchise. And I ended up in the Bloodsburg franchise, which I believe was cursed, honestly. Not like, mm-hmm. really was a curse on it, after Frank and Van Damme didn't rejoin. Because like I said, there is such a bunch of spiritual stuff that you could only tell and feel if you're on the set. Because oh. I've never seen a set where everything went wrong and still the movie didn't turn out too bad. Oh, oh absolutely. It's like... One
1: of my main goals is, Mike, if there ever is a remake or, you know, some sort of sequel or film that Frank's involved in with this, I definitely want to
0: try to cast for it. Yeah, and and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure um, he was thinking that himself or he probably wouldn't have had you call me, you know? Oh, absolutely, because, uh,
1: you know, not only is Frank one of my heroes but he's one of my closest friends and you know my martial arts instructor so I mean it's just it, it's amazing not a, not everybody can say that they're you know uh friends with their with their
0: idol or hero so yeah and he's got a real niceness and pleasantness about him and by the way he makes a terrific great prom.
1: oh I, absolutely mike and um we we can wrap this up anytime you like. I would I would just like to to share to share a story with you um, because I I think you might get a kick out of it. Uh, when I first met Frank in two thousand nine, he granted me a private he granted me a private autograph session, and you should have seen his face when I brought all I brought like a huge a huge suitcase of nothing but Bloodsport and Frank Duke stuff, so. Wow. So, yeah, so he, so he gave me the nickname, uh, the Duke's Collector.
0: Wow, well, it's, uh, you know, it's so interesting that you're that. Oh, oh,
1: absolutely, Mike, and, uh,
0: we we can go
1: ahead and wrap this up, my friend. Do you have any final
0: thoughts for my audience? Or? You know, one of my final thoughts is, you know, the 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 movie Bloodsport is lucky to have you, and and it's it's good. And I think God bless you to line you up with your hero, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that 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 movie did a lot to inspire a lot of people, and like you said, inspired the UFC all of that came out right out of the mind of Frank dukes, and there's so much that's come out of the mind of Frank dukes that he hasn't got paid for or credit for that it's good it's good that um you know I mean we all know that there was no such thing as the u f c before Buport and you can even ask all the people that are in the u f c they all know about policeport so in closing I'll say it is a real pleasure talking to you. I hope I gave you you know, stu- some stuff you can use. Um, I'm glad that Frank inspired you. And uh when we do anything else to do with Bloodsport, I'll remember you and we'll call you up and get you involved, okay? Oh, I, absolutely, Mike. And I, I wanted to say real quick, Mike, um, thank
1: you for your time. And at any time that you want to promote something else that you're doing, I I hope that... Um, I hope that you will come back on the show, and uh, I hope that you're, you know, has Where is the
0: show, by the way, played on? What's it played on?
1: Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be on uh, Blog Talk Radio, and it's gonna be it's gonna be on iTunes as well, and uh, I'm also gonna stick it up on my YouTube channel. So, oh, okay. So it's basically, Mike. It's gonna be viral. It's gonna be it's gonna be everywhere, my friend.
0: Uh, so you're gonna you're gonna put the interview in all those places? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. So Okay. It's gonna be everywhere possible and and, and and like I said, Mike, just to me talking to what, you. what is your blog talk radio? Uh what is my blog talk radio?
0: Is that it's the name a, of your
1: It's uh J Ray Radio. I can I can uh, Jay Ray Radio, I can email you a link. Um, I don't know if you received my text message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In
0: fact, I'll go and get a copy of that. Nice talking to you, and God bless you, and have a great day.
1: Absolutely, Mike, and uh, thank you for being on the show, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you again soon. Okay, bye. Bye.
0: This is Mike Riccioni saying hi to Justin Ray Harvey, an expert on Bloodsport, the movies. I'm a producer of Bloodsport 2. Thank you very much.